This is Spotlight, WMFE's arts, culture, and entertainment segment. The Spotlight is on now. I'm Talia Blake, filling in for Nicole Darden-Creston. Central Floridians will have the opportunity to learn how Black Americans impacted the arts, music, and more at an event in downtown Orlando this weekend. I paid a visit to the Orange County Regional History Center to learn more about their Honoring Black Heritage and Cultural event. I sat down with the History Center's Curator of Education, Katie Kelly, and one of the artists featured in the event, Lisa Moore. So, Katie, what will Central Florida families experience when they come to the Honoring Black Heritage and Cultural event on February 17th at the Orange County Regional History Center? This is our second year of hosting this event. Sort of kicking things off, Orlando Poet Laureate Sean Welcome will be giving some opening remarks and delivering a few of his works. We'll also have, following him, Page 15 Youth Poets reading some of their poetry. And then at 1 p.m., we're going to have a panel discussion with some of the artists who are participating in our Cultural Sustainability and Legacy Planning for Craft Artists project, which is happening as part of the broader project with the Smithsonian's Center for Folklife and Cultural Heritage African-American Craft Initiative. In addition to that, we will also have family activities happening all throughout the day, so crafts and games, fun things like that. Black Bee Honey, which is a youth entrepreneurship group, is going to be selling their honey. They came last year. They sold all kinds. (laughs) They sold a lot. (laughs) Um, And so it's going to be uh, just lots of fun stuff happening. It'll be a really great event. Okay, all that sounds like a lot of fun. Lisa, you're one of the artists involved in this event. And Katie, you kind of mentioned this, that the event is part of the Smithsonian's Cultural Sustainability and Legacy Planning for Craft Artists Project. So Lisa, can you tell me about the project and the work you've been doing? I am a fiber artist. I will be submitting two quilts for the project, and I am extremely excited and honored to have this opportunity to do so. The two pieces that I submitted are improvisational quilts, which means that I didn't follow any patterns. It's just I had some fabric, and I just created Whatever I put my hand on, I sewed those pieces together and I came up with the work. Typically, when I'm working with different fibers, I do not follow patterns. I'm not that person who likes to follow patterns or to be stuck inside a box. So a lot of my things that I do are just whatever I come up with, whatever I create. And so sort of to go back a little bit and how I got started into quilting, it sort of started with the family journey. Several years ago, my brother-in-law, suddenly passed away. And so I'd been dibbling and dabbling with quilts. I made baby quilts and that type of thing. So I wanted to make something to honor him and for his kids. So when we were leaving my sister's house, I said, um, I want some of his clothes because I want to make a quilt for each of the kids. And so she was just a complete mess. And so she just randomly grabbed pieces of fabric, pieces of his clothing that was just laying around the room. And it ended up not being so random because each quilt that I ended up making had a special significance for each of the children. For example, the quilt that I made for my niece, a couple of years before my brother-in-law passed away, she bought him a pink seersucker polo shirt. So I ended up putting that in her quilt. And when she saw it, she just completely melted because she had that instant connection that 
this is something that I had given to my father a couple of years and he wore it. So for me, that's a part of that storytelling part of quilting that I absolutely love. I very rarely buy new fabrics. I typically buy fabrics that have lived or have been worn. And I love that great patina that worn fabric has. And so that's why I love the art of fabric, you know, of quilting, because of that story that it tells and that connection that it has with, in this case, the ancestor, someone who has gone on and they can still have a part of them with them at every moment. And another thing that I did was I did not wash any of those clothes and I sort of put them in a bag. And so when I took those fabrics out and gave it to him, they had that. Not only was it something that had touched his body, but it still had his scent. And so that just, you could have put a fork in all of us because we were absolutely done. And, and that's what I wanted. I wanted them to have this representation of him that they could hold on to for as long as they wanted to hold on to it. And the quilt that I made for my sister, when I gave it to her, she said sleeping under that that first night was the first night she had had a good night's sleep since he had passed away. So that's my reason why I will always use fabrics that have been worn by whoever to tell the next story of that person and as just as a visual representation of that person and the life that they lived and their stories that go along with it. So you said that you don't buy new fabric when you go to quilt and that you made two quilts for this upcoming event. So can you talk to me about, you know, what fabrics you chose, where you found them and kind of describe the quilts that you've made for this event that people will be able to see when they come for family day on the 17th? I'm a part of a quilt group at Hannibal Square. And so we get donations from various sources. And so the majority of the fabric came from Hannibal Square. I'm that person who's always digging through piles of stuff. If I see something, I was like, oh, can I have that? I can, you know, insert that into a quilt because just I just love the story of finding things and then putting it all together. And the two quilts that I made are improvisational quilts. And they have no rhyme or reason other than I like this piece of fabric next to that piece of fabric next to that piece of fabric. And I just put it all together. One is red, various shades of red, and one is blue showing various shades of blue. I'm sort of debating on titles. One, I think maybe call it when I think of home because within that quilt even though the fabrics are random it does have a slight pattern it's a log cabin pattern so if you look closely you'll see a house in a sense in the pattern of it. Katie I'm going to come back to you. So Katie as curator of education at the History Center what do you hope families learn when they come to this event? This event is part of a larger initiative that we have really solidified this year at the History Center, which we're calling Honoring Central Florida's Diverse Heritage, Arts, and Culture. We received funding from the Florida Humanities Grant to implement this initiative. And so we've always done lots of diverse programming. We've hosted diverse exhibits here. And so this initiative is its part of that larger initiative because we found that Despite the fact that we're doing diverse programming all throughout the whole year, there's really like a heightened interest during certain months, right? So we get a lot of media attention during Black History Month for what are you doing for Black History Month? Same for um, AAPI Month, Hispanic Heritage Month, etc. And so we wanted to 
really have a focused initiative for those months. So the real idea behind hosting this initiative is to show Central Florida is an incredibly diverse community, really high percentage of either immigrant or first generation families living here, lots of different languages spoken. And so we want to really celebrate that. It is part of what makes this such a unique and interesting place. And so this is just one part of that overall initiative that we want to do to sort of celebrate and honor that honoring the fabric of what makes up our community. So I guess that's what I would like people to come away from this with. In particular for this event, I think we're really proud to have Sean Welcome coming. He's so talented and so well known in our community. So we're really excited about that. And then also the opening of the exhibit of our craft artists who are participating in this project. That exhibit is opening that day. And I think that it's a great opportunity for guests to see the work of some of the talented artists, honestly, just a few of the talented artists that live in our community and work in our community. They'll also have the opportunity to meet all eight of the artists. They're going to be from 10 to 3. They're going to be sort of stationed in our event space, showing their work. And many of them are going to be doing demonstrations of how they work, which I think is also an extremely important thing to understand, particularly with the artists that we've chosen for this project. Heritage, tradition, culture is so woven into the work they do. It's been enlightening for me just to speak with all of them and so that we also are providing the opportunity to guests to speak with all of the artists as well to just sort of learn those things about them and about their work. Lisa, bringing it back to you, and you kind of you know touched on this when you were telling the story about how you got into uh, quilting, but What do you hope people feel when they see the work you and the other artists have done at this event? So I hope people go away with the sense of community because everyone is basically from the community. And within that community, there are so many creative people and everyone has a story. Those stories are very unique. Just thinking back back to our meeting that we had and the stories that everyone shared, that they aren't new to some of these traditions, that they are just continuing these traditions that have been passed down from generation to generation. And I think that's very important because in the society that we live in, we lose so much of that, but they have been caretakers of those traditions and have honed those skills So that's the hope that everyone comes away from. Maybe it's a connection to something that happened within their family, and maybe they would be interested in pursuing that as a craft or something similar. Katie and Lisa, I'm going to pose this to both of you. Katie, this event explores the impact Black Americans have had on visual arts, music, cultural movements, etc. So what's your favorite contribution Black Americans have made on arts and culture? I think American culture is so woven in with black culture and I mean it's it's hard to sparse out like what are their contributions because really it's it's all their like I don't know if it has a negative connotation to say built on the back of but really I mean our music in particular so I would probably go with music most of the music that you hear on the radio has its roots in black American music and then when you look at the contributions of black Americans in rock music, R&B, soul, pop. So much of it goes back to not only the music that was coming out of like Harlem in the 1920s and then into the 1950s and 60s with Motown and all of that has fed down through up to today and influences 
every artist in America in some way or another. And so I think that in the myriad ways that Black Americans have contributed to our popular culture and to art and um, culture in America, I think music for me is the one that maybe I'm most aware of and that is most visible to me. But it's been great really learning about some of the other avenues as well, especially through working with the craft artists. And Lisa, what about you? Like as you're preparing for this event and you're reflecting, you know, what is maybe one of your favorite contributions that Black people have had on American culture? Sort of to piggyback on to what Katie said, that there have been numerous contributions, and I guess we sort of hone in on things that resonate with us. And I know for me, one of the things um, that resonates with me is the arts, it's the food, it's, you know, our craftsmanship, because I think one of the reasons that some of us made it here was because of our skills. Our skills and our skill sets were important. And so just thinking about our food, once upon a time, we didn't have access to certain things, so we had to make do with what we had. So that's why certain dishes are so significant to us because we that was all we had. So we had the oxtails, and we had the neck bones, and we had to make a meal out of that. We didn't have access to fabrics. And I know it's during some research with quilting is that a lot of people, they had to whatever cotton or whatever was left in the fields, they had to pick up those remnants and that's what they used to make their bedding. And as I did more research, I realized that some of the ironwork that was created, those all had symbols. The quilts had symbols, the ironwork had symbols. And if you go back and research, you will see that some of those, what we think is just old ornate ironwork, it had a symbol and it traces back to the continent. So everything had a significance. And the more that I I study and the more that I research, I realize that our contributions are broad and it touches all parts of society, not just, you know, just one area. Katie, last question. What do people need to know if they want to attend the event? The event runs from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. We do have scheduled events throughout the day, but anytime you come, there's going to be something happening, something fun to do. It is very family-friendly, something for all ages. We like to say we create programming for nine months through 90 years. So it's something for everyone. The event is free that day. We receive generous funding from Florida Humanities in order to offer this event for free to the public. And if you want to find out more about the event, you can visit us at thehistorycenter.org slash events or check out our Instagram at historycenterfl. Katie Kelly, Lisa Moore, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. That was Orange County Regional History Center Katie Kelly and artist Lisa Moore. Spotlight is a production of 90.7 WMF E-News. Editorial guidance this week from LaToya Dennis. Support for Spotlight comes from our listeners. I'm Talia Blake. In for Nicole Darn-Creston, thanks for listening.